Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Rey Mysterio's birthday, and we're covering his storied career with Eric Bischoff himself. He will be live in just a minute. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Boom! There it is. Hello, 83 Weeks fans. Welcome to the show that is just for you. It's for you, and it's for us. We all love 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and we are going to be covering the latest episode, talking about Rey Mysterio's career, and of course, there is some big news to cover with Eric as well. He will be joining us via Skype in just a few minutes, so get your questions ready, because all of you who have joined us live have the opportunity to ask Eric a question. We do this every Wednesday on the 83 Weeks channel, live at 5 p.m. Pacific, and you guys can join us putting in your Q&A for Eric. Uh, everybody's here already. Hello, Tom and Ames and Blast Thunder, the whole crew hanging out. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit that big red subscribe button so you don't miss any of the juicy stuff that comes out of the 83 Weeks channel. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is, of course, Christy. I think we covered that already. Uh, and, of course, with all the signage. But these two guys are very important as well. You know him as Eric's digital producer. Hello, Steve Kaufman. Why, hello. Um, Welcome back. Thank you. The studio audience <laughs> also here ready for us. Thank you. Uh, my throat sounds like it feels. Oh, oh well, sorry <laughs> to hear that. Wah, wah, we cut That's... that one off. But uh, we do appreciate Anissa being here in your uh, absence last week. And, of course, the guy who, I don't know, I feel like he is all, like a turnaround and he is always to my left. You guys know him as a uh, independent wrestler. However, I call him the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. It's George Ramosa. You can call me George as well. Creepy you don't George? have to just always call me, hey, what's up, Encyclopedia? You can say, hey, George, every now and then. You don't have to go all the time. Also, you turn up to her left at places she was not expecting you. Right, and that's where the old school gimmick we gave you about a million years ago, Creepy George, comes in. This, that this is week, so four years ago. That's so tough enough, 2015. Today's 90 Day Fiance was real weird with George just standing to her left. <laughs> I don't even know how he got in there. We cover all that, too, but this show is, of course, about 83 weeks, which means this week it is about Rey Mysterio, and you guys have the conversation going already. They're talking about how much they love Eric's book. And D, welcome. It's your first time watching. We love that. And uh, Ron, yeah, OMG, me. That's right. <laughs> As if I didn't make it about me enough already. No wonder Conrad thinks we just put ourselves over on this show. <laughs> CJ LaChapelle said, say pro wrestling. Oh, did I say that a bunch of times already? Is that like the shot game on this show? <laughs> Take a drink, whatever Christy says pro wrestling and stay tuned for Eric but first we want to know what you guys thought about this week's episode of the show of course we are celebrating Rey Mysterio's 45th birthday today he debuted all the way back in 1989 at age 14 so it's uh it's been a while (laughs) it's been a while and there is much to discuss for Eric and Conrad this week on the show a lot of conversation about that demasking which I think is kind of what we all expected right yeah. yeah. 
No, that was all. I was... That was all too. We were, we were both just, jumping we were in just on, each yeah. going to say yeah, and that's it. Carry yeah. on. Eric is probably sitting there watching, waiting for his time to call in, be like, guys, I think it's my turn now. Uh, no, seriously, guys, what did you think about Eric's comments about the demasking? I mean, I, I agree with his assessment of why he was demasking uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, I think it was just mostly just like, because obviously, like with, with the pro wrestling, and sometimes some of the best things you can do is demask somebody. Conan was a guy in a mask before demasking. Same thing with Juventud Guerrero. A lot of guys like Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, they all had masks. Um, so you can't really blame somebody for looking at those examples mm-hmm. and thinking at Rey Mysterio. And and quite frankly, like Rey Mysterio is not a bad looking guy. Like he's not somebody that you look at and you're like, oh, this guy can never be a pro wrestler. Um, so I don't blame him for having that assessment. It just the timing of it was maybe a little bit soon. Um, but at the same time, like I, I, I completely don't disagree with uh, with how he explained it. Why I respect Eric's past tense assessment of being kind of wrong about. The importance of Rey Mysterio's mask. Yeah, he admitted that. He kind of admitted that at the time he didn't understand. And I do think it's it's worth noting there are a lot of wrestlers from Mexico who at one point in time wore masks versus people like Rey Mysterio who the mask was their identity. That it might have been a bit more challenging for him to understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think when it comes to pro wrestling booking, if you were going to unmask Rey Mysterio, there was a bit more money on the table. Yeah, and I think that's probably what Ray is annoyed about, and I think Eric would admit that too. That it's like, well, I, that could have been a main event angle. And also, too, you kind of look at, it, and I know he doesn't like to speak in hypotheticals or looking back, but I think he kind of saw just how much money was made from Rey Mysterio's mask in the WWE, and maybe looking at it that way. So it's easy to say it in 2019 and say, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have done it like that, or shouldn't have taken the mask at all, knowing what how much money, how much business that mask made for WWE. Right. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned, he also did a good job of mentioning though, that the merchandising was not a thing. Yeah, exactly. WWE, exactly. But I, but I do think that should have been a motivator to get the merchandising right. That I think, I don't know, maybe I'll ask him. <laughs> I mean, was, there's only, was there too much going on in WCW that he didn't have the opportunity to really sit and think? Because there was a department, hence, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the NWO made millions of dollars for them. But I, but I, like you said, like, I think a lot of it was just not appreciated. Because even look at, like, Juventud Guerrera. He lost his mask in, in a match with Chris Jericho. And there's a story with, with Chris Jericho. They said that uh, Chris Jericho was willing to, like, lose the match because he knew how important that, that mask was mm-hmm. to the point where they were, like, Conan and Hoovy was like, no, no, it's okay, like... We're gonna go forward with losing the mask, like just knowing. And Eric Bischoff, we're not, we're not assuming he says, you know, he kind of didn't know the importance of it back then. So, mm-hmm. well, and Eric gives a lot of credit to Ray, and you uh, mentioned Hooventude and to Chris Jericho and Psychosis. Eric said that those guys, the cruiserweights, really influenced what we see today. Mm-hmm. What do you think he really meant by that? I think that style. Um, because that was a that was very you can say what you want about ECW about you know lucha libre but for me personally and I can speak for a lot of people as well watching wrestling at that time oh that careful was, everybody that, speaking for you well, let's see if people disagree or agree <laughs> um, that was the first time I was exposed to that kind of style of wrestling mm-hmm. um, you know WWF was a little bit different back then but just as far as like that fast pace like lucha style like that was the first time that I've seen that kind of happening where. You hear, you hear a lot of people now, especially now in 2019, say, man, I grew up on, you know, Ray and Hoovy and Jericho and Eddie, like, and the same way that 
that the people that probably were watching or wrestling 10 years ago was saying, I grew up on Hogan and Savage and Piper and all those guys. Like, no, like a lot of these guys looked up to, you know, I'm sure like you can say someone like Will Ospreay. I'm sure the first person he'll say is something like Amazing Red, who was influenced by Rey mm-hmm. Mysterio and, and Hoovy and whatnot. I think influence is a very interesting thing. So it's a, you always watch the TV that you're watching and then deep down inside think, well, what does a 12-year-old who grows up to be a wrestler them seeing this, what does their wrestling look like? That influence is always so fascinating. So someone watching Marco Stunt tonight that's 12 years old that grows up to be a pro wrestler, do they rebel against that kind of wrestling or do they, or do they go full bore and it's more, jo- more stuff that'll make Jim Cornette's head have an aneurysm? Because we'll probably find a way to cryogenically freeze his head for reasons. Wow, we are on cryogenical freezing at this point. So I'm going to go ahead and make the exact decision that it is time (laughs) to bring in Eric Bischoff to the show. So everybody who's hanging out live, stay tuned. We will be right back with Eric. Welcome back. Joining us now is entrepreneur, author, former president of WCW, and of course, the host of 83 Weeks. Hello, Eric Bischoff. Woo. Good evening, ladies and gents. How are you? <laughs> the crowd's going wild for you. They were just a little late on that one. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? I'm uh, doing very well. Doing very well. Looking forward to uh, tomorrow, actually, heading up to um, Huntsville, Alabama, to attend the Christmas party of Conrad and Megan Thompson. So looking forward to that. Should be a good time. Oh, well, that sounds like a fun reunion. Anyone you're uh, anticipating seeing there that you're looking forward to? You know, I I know this is going to sound just, you know, cheesy, but (laughs) Conrad has done such a great job of putting together such a great team of people that work on all of the podcasts, not just mine, obviously, but on Bruce's and Arn's and Tony's and Jim Ross's and, um, I love I just I love hanging out with them. Guys, you know, Dave Silva, for example, one example of many, just one of the sweetest people you've ever met in your life. And one of those people when you walk into a room and you see him there, you it just lights up the room. He's just a great guy and his wife is a wonderful person. I'm sure we're gonna run into Tony Schiavone and Lois, and that'll be great because my wife hasn't seen Tony or Lois in over twenty years. So oh my gosh. That'll <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Wow, do you are you an ugly Christmas sweater wearer? I, I want to say no. No, I'm not. You know, I, I'm 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 not a gimmick. Um, I wear ugly clothes. I wear you know, my wardrobe is much the same today as it was 15 years ago. I have some of the same T-shirts, some of the same sweatshirts. Wear the same shoes and boots. So I'm not like a fashionista by any of this any stretch. However, I will not reduce myself to wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. No, not a fashionista, but you are still a model, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're digging way back. All right. We've made you uncomfortable enough. Uh, we, of course, yes. are going to talk a little bit more about Rey Mysterio. The folks in the chat are uh, debating your decision to unmask him, of course. 
one that you debated yourself on this episode of the show. But I think uh, we'd be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't jump into this first. There was a big announcement this week coming from WWE where they, <laughs> yes, you knew this was coming, Eric, here it is, where they announced that NWO would be inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2020. Eric, what was your first thought when you heard that? About fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts? No. That was it. I mean, come on. Look, the NWO, and this is, you know, this is always hard for me to talk about because I I get sick of hearing myself say some of the stuff because I've said it so many times. So I can only imagine how, you know, other people on the receiving end of it take it. But... And I, and I try to find different ways to make my point so it doesn't sound like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. And I just, fuck, I just run out of ways to say it. <laughs> the NWO is the, the, the storyline, the angle, the, the moment that that storyline was conceived and then as it became executed was probably one of the most important periods in professional wrestling in this industry in the last 30 years, I think the NWO storyline, look, the Monday Night Wars had already started, right? That, 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 that fuse was already lit. But when the NWO evolved and, and came to be, that wick, that, that, that fuse that was already lit hit nitroglycerin. And it exploded the business in a way that, other than what you know, Vince McMahon and WWF at the time did, you know, by launching WrestleMania and bringing you know a lot of mainstream attention to to the industry when they did. But other than that period of time, there was nothing that's been more significant to the wrestling industry than the NWO storyline. And I'm not saying that because that was you know something I created and was a part of. I'm saying it because it's true. If you go back and you look at the last 20 years, 25 years of our industry's history and look at where the industry was prior to the NWO and look where it is subsequent to the NWO. And the NWO was a catalyst. The, 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 that peak, that, that change in the industry, the change in the presentation, everything that we did that made the NWO as successful as it is today, forget about as successful as it was back then, it's still successful today. It's one of the top-selling um, uh, merchandise items in WWE licensing catalog. Yeah, It's still there. You can't go to a wrestling event anywhere in the world and not see NWO merchandise. And... That's you know that's what's obvious, but what's not so obvious, I think, to wrestling fans who just don't really dig into the business of the business of it is, you know that 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 Monday Night War, the NWO, the, WWE's reaction to it, which was the Attitude Era, right, and Generation DX or whatever the hell they called it, mm-hmm. um, that was an offshoot. That was a that was a reaction to something that that we did that only elevated the business even more. And I think it's that competition and the elevation of the business to the degree that it it was elevated, to the extent that it was elevated, 
is the reason why you have a publicly held corporation in WWE. I don't think WWE could have gone public without the success that was created during the Monday Night Wars. And had they not gone public, they wouldn't have had the resources to do many of the things that they're doing today, including their streaming platform. So, you know, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm reaching a little deep here and it's going to come off like, you know, I'm going to break my, break my arm, you know, trying to pat myself on the back and that's (laughs) not it. But it's, if you just look at it objectively, just look at the facts, look at where it was prior to the business, prior to the NWO, look where it is subsequent to that, and look at all of the things that the Monday Night Wars created, and I think you'd have to agree. You know, it's great to see, you know, Hulk and, and, and Scott, uh, Hulk, Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman. These are all close friends of mine. You know, Hulk Hogan's my best friend to this day, and, and Scott and Kevin and Sean are very close friends of mine. Could not be happier for them, but it's about freaking time. Well, Sean actually talked about this on his podcast this week, and he said that you should be going in with them and that the big show should as well. Do you agree? Okay. I <laughs> you know, should. On what basis should somebody go in? It's a, it's a completely subjective process. You know, the, whoever... Uh, I don't even know who chooses or how people are chosen to go into the Hall of Fame. But whatever it is, it's very subjective. There's reasons behind it. There's feelings behind it. There's emotion behind it. There are facts behind it. And I have no idea how those choices are made. But I, I don't think anybody should be in the Hall of Fame. It's well, not a question of when, sir. It's not a, when it's someone not a question. who's going in, uh, he's the actual inductee. And he's saying you were a you created it and you were there with them and he feels that you should be going in with them, that you guys were a package deal, that he feels weird about you not being inducted with them. Well, and that's nice of him to say, but he's not calling the shots. <laughs> <laughs> so it really doesn't matter. I wish he was. That'd be great. You know, I'd, I'd like to hang out with my buddies at WrestleMania. That would have been wonderful. But, you know. Like I said, I don't worry about that. I don't. I know. You know. I knew as soon as I saw that. I go, oh my gosh, my Twitter feed's going to get overloaded with <laughs> comments about right. this. And I'm going to be dealing with it now for weeks. But um, look, I'm. Ha- I love those guys. Those, those four four guys, especially Hulk. These are guys that I have deep affection for and respect for. So I, I couldn't be happier. And I'm just going to let it go at that. Uh- uh, well, just one more, and this comes from our live chatter, Andrew Mann, who wants to know, is Eric inducting the NWO? Um, not that I know of, <laughs> but, you know, I'm a pretty spontaneous guy, so if I get to call at the last minute, you know, I'll swing by wherever they're going to be in Tampa, and, you know, I'm sure I can spit out a good induction. <laughs> All right, and uh, we all are sure as well that you would too. So, assuming, assuming, let's say you are not an inductee or inductor, uh, will you be there at all to watch them be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Um, that's in April. It all depends on what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, if I mean no, and I don't. I'm not being a you know, smartass yeah. here, but you know, right now I'm in Florida, and we plan on staying in Florida for a little while. We're actually contemplating staying here through April or May. You know, oh. just, yeah, because we're, we're digging it. We love being New York kids. You know, our, our son and daughter-in-law, you know, live here. Our daughter Montana is coming down in a couple of weeks for for Christmas. Um, 
it's like, okay, we want to drive 1,500 miles so we can get to Cody, Wyoming in the middle of January? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll stick around in April, May. And if I'm here, then of course I'll go. I'll go, you know, and I'll hang out and, and see some people. But if I'm not here, um, unless there's a reason for me to be here other than just hanging out, mm-hmm. then no, I won't. How far? How far are you now from Tampa? Uh, in traffic, about forty minutes. Okay, that's not too far. No, not bad at all. Oh, well, glad to hear that you're enjoying your time there in Florida. I'm having a blast. <laughs> I, I really, I really, really am. It's great. I, you know, it's it's really funny. Is I've been coming down, you know, since 1994. I've been coming down to this area often. I've spent a lot of time. For somebody that doesn't live in the Clearwater Beach, Clearwater area, I've spent a lot of time here, and I, I never really saw the attraction to it. <laughs> And then, and, 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 and oh I'm, no, I'm sure look, a lot of people haven't. It's okay. No, I mean, just there's certain things that I feel comfortable in, or certain environments I feel comfortable in. And I've never been a beachy kind of guy. I just never have. And especially here in Florida, because there's just a lot of bright colors. Like there's freaking pink flamingos everywhere. <laughs> you know, and all the beach shops are like bright coral pink and, you know, fantastic colors of blues and purples and orange and it's like you know i'm an earth tone kind of guy (laughs) so i've never really felt comfortable here and then we stumbled across this little town of called it's called dunedin d-u-n-e-d-i-n florida and it's the coolest place it's so cool we love it because we can literally mrs b and i get on our bikes every morning we ride about 20 minutes into Dunedin, cute little town, beautiful little town, have coffee, have a smoothie, ride our bikes back with the dog, obviously. And then we go through our day, get all of our stuff done. Then at night, we get on the bikes, we ride into the town, grab a beverage, and then, you know, with the dog and come back. So twice a day, we get the bike into town and enjoy it. The, the ocean is only like three blocks away, and it's just awesome, and it's quiet, and I'm I'm kind of thinking this is a this is a good second home. Wonderful. They got you convinced. Uh, Tom Finally. Smith. <laughs> Tom Smith in the chat. Was there ever a program for Rey Mysterio in WCW that you wanted to do but couldn't do due to injury or any other any other circumstances? Was there anything you wanted mm-hmm. to do with Ray that you couldn't? No, nothing comes to mind at all. You know, we had to work around the inju- injuries, obviously, and there were times when we had to delay a storyline or move something around or accommodate in one way or the other because injuries were an issue, but there was never a storyline that an injury prevented happening. Well, interesting. I want to bring it back to current times a little bit too, because I know that you uh, take in some MMA fights every once in a while. I'm just curious if you watch Tito Ortiz and Alberto El Patron's match. Oh, I don't call it that. that. I don't pretend (laughs) to know about other sports people, but you know what I'm talking about. No, I didn't. You know, I I was aware of it. I was going to watch it, but uh, I, I didn't, and nothing but respect for both those guys. I worked with Tito, had a lot of fun working with him uh, for a short period of time. Good guy. Um, the gimmick belts thing kind of just cheapened it <laughs> yeah. a little bit for me. It, it just kind of took it down a notch and made it not so much must-see for me. Um, also, Ryan in the booth, can you try exiting full screen and entering it, see if we can get Eric Sink back up? 
Cool. The, the guy that has to edit it later is asking. <laughs> copy that, copy that. Tech things. And uh, one of the chatters in the chat rules uh, still focused on your being in Florida there. He said, wait till July when your underwear sticks to your gooch. <laughs> 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 I won't. I won't be here in July. By July, we'll have gotten into the truck and headed to Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> He'll be out of there by by then. That's, Ken, don't worry. See that? That's the whole thing about having a place like this. You know, just a small little place like the place we're in. It's an Airbnb, right? Mm-hmm. So, which by the way, Airbnb is awesome. I just, I love the whole concept. Oh yeah, and but then at the th- end, you can trash the place, throw a party. <laughs> yeah, and. We're in this little place that's about 900 square feet. It's really small, but it's so cool the way they've done it. I mean, it's really, really well done and super comfortable. And it's just Mrs. B and I and the dog. It's got a beautiful backyard. We're like two blocks off this uh, bike trail that you know you can take. Forgot you can take it for 40 miles one way and 50 miles the other. It's just awesome, but. Um, you don't need a big place, you know. So Mrs. B and I just get a tiny little place here in Clearwater or Dunedin or somewhere close. And just fix it up real nice and come here for four or five months during the winter. Well, That's the plan. Yeah, all that biking you had mentioned a couple weeks ago that you're working on your fitness. How's that coming for you? Uh, slowly but surely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm determined. I love it. All right. Uh, wrestling-y related questions, boys. Where would you rank uh, somebody like Rey Mysterio in the all-time list of like that Lucha Libre style, just whether it's luchadors or guys like Mil Mascaris, you know, Santo, Conan? Like, where would you rank Rey Mysterio and all of those luchadors? Wow, good question. Um, I, based on my experience and what I've been exposed to, I don't know how Rey Mysterio isn't the preeminent luchador mm-hmm. you know, for the next couple of decades. I, I, I just don't know how. Now, I mean, look at his career. He started when he was 14 freaking years old, and look where he is today. And he's played at such a high level throughout the majority of his career. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how it could not be Ray. <laughs> and happy birthday to Ray, yes. too, while we're here. He's 45 Happy today. birthday. Happy birthday, me amigo. <laughs> <laughs> So this, my question is, I guess, a booking philosophy question. If WCW had a better merchandising mechanism similar to the WWF's at the time, WWE's, would you have considered Rey Mysterio more of a main event world title player because the masks would sell more? Or, is that, or are those two separate things to you? No, 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 no. no you, you don't make somebody a... I mean, look, being a main eventer and having a top-selling merchandise are, are kind of symbiotic. You know, you generally don't have one without the other, but you certainly wouldn't make somebody, you know, a world heavyweight champion or make somebody the foundation of your promotion simply because of merchandise. What if the merchandise was fairly hot? Every quarter hour, that particular talent in was kind of flat. I doubt that would happen, but, you know, ratings, ratings and pay-per-view buys were the measuring sticks that that we looked at. That's cool. And uh, it certainly sounded like you enjoyed this week's topic and talking about all that and about Rey Mysterio. I'm curious, has there ever been a topic where Conrad said, hey, Eric, you know, next week we're going to cover XYZ, this person or this pay-per-view, and you have said, "Uh, no, brother, not happening. (laughs) Have you you ever turned down a topic? 
I've never turned one down, but there have been times when we've had to have a couple conversations <laughs> about it in advance. And I, and I don't really remember which ones they were. That would be your obvious next question. But I, I just remember, you know, there are certain topics. And look, a lot of it, I gotta be, I want to tell you guys the truth here. Okay. Keep, a secret. Okay. All right. I don't. I don't want the world to know this. <laughs> but a lot of the times, it depends on my mood. Oh, like if I'm yeah. having a great day, like I'll talk about anything and I'll have fun doing it. Right? If I'm in the right frame of mind, there is nothing anybody can throw at me that will take me out of my role and put me in a bad mood, and I'll just have fun with it. Then there's other guys. <laughs> and then I'm just like gnarly and pissed off at the world. And if I hear one wrong thing, it's, God, you know, I'll overreact to it. So when, I, when I'm sensing that I'm having one of those days, I'm a little more careful about the subject matter that we're getting into. Uh, or... And look, a lot of times, you know, I'll never question Conrad. You know, he runs the show, so to speak. If if he's got a topic he feels is right and the time is right, then I'm always going to do it. I'm never going to say no. You know, I work for him. He doesn't work for me. Um, well, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but, just kind of. <laughs> but um, we don't work. We, we work with each other, not for each other. That's a better way to say it. Um, but... You know, there there are times when I have to look through the notes and go, yeah, I don't want to go here. You know, you guys know if you've been listening to me, my show, our show, you know that I, I don't like talking about people that have passed on. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's negative, now if it's positive, I'll talk all day long. But if there's a controversial, you know, topic or conversation involves somebody that's that's uh, passed on, just out of respect for them no matter what i feel about them or felt about them but they're families and they're friends uh i just don't go there so occasionally i'll have to pull some of that kind of stuff up but that's about it well uh, you mentioned conrad there and ken in the chat role he wants to know how big is conrad's house um you know i don't know on a square footage basis <laughs> uh, but but you know when you know conrad invited mrs b and i to come to the christmas party this weekend coming up i said oh that's great i said is there a hotel nearby you know your house you can recommend we'll stay in a he goes no 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 we've got a big place you can stay here and i said well great oh. he goes yeah you'll have your own zip code we call it the mother-in-law mother suite oh. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if it's true that different parts of his house have different zip codes but that's the room <laughs> it sounds like you're going to be in the guest house Sound, I'm good with it. <laughs> uh, you and actually, uh, coincidentally, you and Rey Mysterio kind of entered the WWE around the same time, July of 2002. Uh, you being on Raw, him being on SmackDown. Did you ever get a chance to maybe even in interact with him or even watch some of his stuff when he was on SmackDown around that time? Oh, sure. Sure. Well, you know, I, I was on Raw, so I, I didn't see his work on SmackDown. But, of course, I watched. Mm -hmm. And was obviously very familiar, and, and and Ray was a part of a lot of pay per views while I was there, and obviously I was there for those pay per views. Mm -hmm. So, sure, saw a lot of Ray. 
Uh, Michael Pierce in the chat, would Rey Mysterio have been a viable talent to use if you got the chance to rebuild WCW in 2001? You know, it's, I, I, I don't, it's a hypothetical, you know, there's, there's, I don't even know how to answer that without sounding like I'm patting myself on the back. Of course I would, because <laughs> I'm a genius, of course, oh my God, how could you not, oh my God. It's a hypothetical question, and I, that's why I don't like answering them, because they're kind of hard to answer. They are. That's all they're coming up with now, so it's your turn, boys. Uh, D-Bag 0584, does Eric still ride motorcycles? Oh, we haven't talked about that for a while. Occasionally. You know, I've, I've got one left. I had a bunch of them for a long time. I don't know why. You can only ride <laughs> one at a time. You know what I mean? Why do you need to have more than one? But I did. And uh, now I'm down to one. I've got a custom-made, for all of you bikers out there, I've got a custom-made 1995 FLTH, okay, with a 126-inch S&S Screaming Eagle motor on it, Mm. a Baker 6-speed transmission. Had to convert it to belt drive from chain drive because there's so much torque it kept chewing up all the belts. So now I'm on a belt drive. Wow. It's all flat black. It's completely blacked out. There's not a stitch of chrome on it. I've got a road glide front end on it and custom bags on the back. So it's badass. Yeah, that sounds fancy. Do you still have your Fast pi- as hell, too. Fast <laughs> as hell. Well, fast as hell, do you still have your pilot's license? No, no, I haven't flown now in, God, I don't even know. What, it's 2019. God, it's been 15 years since I've flown. Uh, you know, it's, it's really funny. I was so passionate about flying. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, I'll try to keep this short. I used to have, when I was a kid, like a young boy, like 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, I'd have these reoccurring nightmares. I'd have them probably once a month, maybe once every month and a half. I'd have the same, same reoccurring nightmare where I was in a small plane, a private plane, and I was the pilot, and I got caught in power lines while I was trying to land the plane. And it was always, I don't know why, because I've never had a you know, frightening experience in an airplane. I've flown since I was a kid, you know, whatever. But I, I just kept having this dream. And at one point I thought, you know what? I'm, uh, the only way I'm going to quit having this silly dream is to take flying lessons. So I started taking flying lessons. <laughs> That's so cool. And then absolutely loved it. Now, there, a lot of time, you know, my first flying lesson or two, I actually started and stopped once or twice. So, I mean, enough time went by. Um, but uh, I eventually, uh, because, because of those first flying lessons where I fell in love with it, I eventually bought my own plane. I got instrument rated and commercially rated, and I was flying all over the country um, having a blast. And I loved it. And I was so passionate about it. That's all I thought about, you know, when I wasn't working was flying, and, you know, figuring out really cool places to go and, you know, places where you can't normally get to. And then one day I woke up and I went, you know, I'm done with it. I just, I did everything I wanted to do. I loved every single minute of it, but I don't miss it either. It's funny. Is that in any way related the same way that you feel about working in professional wrestling? Ha! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Dr. Freud here. <laughs> Deep. Wow. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not. I can, I can see how he would make that assumption, though. No, it's, not, it's not the same at all. I, you know, I, I miss, I do, I'm, I do miss being in the business. It didn't work out at WWE for a couple of reasons, but it doesn't mean that I I don't enjoy the business. I love the creative side of it. I, I, I always will till the day I die. I'll always love the creative side of it. Because, you know, the great thing about creative is there's, there's always that chance that you can create that one thing um, and, you know, go back to the topic of the show. There's always that chance that you could create that one storyline, that one angle, that one character that can change the business forever. And I got a taste of that once. And once you get a taste of that, it's hard to give it up. Uh, but, it, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll be, I'll be fine. But um, to answer your question, no. The reason, I think the, reason I, the reason I think I quit flying more than anything is just time. You know, when, when you have an airplane, you know, flying a plane is not like riding a bicycle or a motorcycle even. You know, it's not like, well, once you learn how to do it, then you can do it. You've got to, you've got to, for me, and I flew a lot, and I had a very high performance plane, which is a little more difficult to fly. But I had to fly at least twice a week in order to keep my skills sharp enough that I felt comfortable putting my family on the plane with me. Like I'd, I'd go up by myself if I was a little sketchy and knew I was rusty and knew my timing was off and my processes and procedures maybe maybe weren't up to up to where they should be exactly because I knew once I got up there and went through it a few times and it'd all come back real quick. But I, but you need that refresher course. But when it comes to flying a plane, it's like you need that two or three times a week in order to be safe. And once I got to the point where because of my schedule. I'd go for weeks without getting in my plane to fly anywhere. And then when I finally did have some time to fly, I'd go, eh, I'd make excuses. Mm -hmm. I knew deep down inside the reason I didn't want to jump on my plane to fly is because I knew I was getting rusty. But I didn't want to say that. So I go, oh, no, today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and work out instead. And before you know it, now months go by. And at some point you wake up one day and you go, you know what? If I had to jump in my plane to fly somewhere, I wouldn't be safe. And that's about the time I decided, you know, it was time to get out of it because I was so busy doing other things and I just didn't have the time to dedicate to it. Oh, oh, interesting. We'll go back to another high flyer, Ray Mysterio. Edward wants to know, dealing with Ray, were you dealing with Conan? He's talking about uh, regarding contract negotiations. Was Conan involved in all of that? Uh, tangentially, you know, he was always in Ray's ear. You know, Conan... Probably still does have a lot of influence. Uh, I know Ray looks up to Conan, mm -hmm. and they've had a very long relationship, and successful one. Um, so I, Ray was always, you know, we always knew that Ray was talking to Conan, and Conan was talking to Ray. So whether he was involved, he wasn't involved directly. That wouldn't have been appropriate, but. I'm sure he was a part of the process. And uh, Mr. North in the chat wants to take you to task on giving David Arquette a title before Rey Mysterio. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. You got to fuck off from the Eric Bischoff himself. Good day for Mr. North. Uh, guys, want to try your luck? 
I, uh, I just got some random left field question just because it came across uh, my notes in like the past couple days. Is well, how come you were never involved in that XWF federation that Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan was involved in in two thousand and one? Oh, I don't know. I may have been flying. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They had like one you set know, of tapings, my, and my, I really wasn't. You know, in two thousand one, I really. I was not interested in getting involved in the wrestling business again. Sorry, guys, my neck and back are killing me here. Um, by 2001, I was hoping to kind of keep the business in my rearview mirror. Um, so I, I just, I really wasn't that interested. And I didn't really think that there was a lot of likelihood for success mm-hmm. either. So, did they reach just, out to you considering the names involved? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blessed Thunder in the chat wants to know, did WCW ever try to sign Kurt Angle? ECW very famously tried to, WWF very famously did. No. No, no ifs, ands, or buts, just a no. And uh... <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, no, but... but I was thinking about it. <laughs> and yeah, make up stuff for five minutes. No, we don't do that around here. Um, going back to kind of last week's topic, Michael Pierce wants to know if you are still friends with Jason Hervey. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk as much, but um, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, now now they're getting all the good <laughs> questions rolling. Uh, Ken says, "Who would you poach from WWE currently to build a tag division around?" Ooh, that's a good one because we know you're not a big fan of the tag divisions. I would. No. <laughs> not even yeah. a fan enough to do it. Nah. I'd oh. eliminate the tag team. <laughs> well, I wouldn't I'll, have one. No. No. No tag team divisions and no whatever no. is making your back and neck uh, go out today. Maybe you've got to work a little less hard on that fitness. Something like that, perhaps. <laughs> Well, Eric, thank you so much for hanging out with us and all of these awesome folks in the chat. They every, every other comment is not a not a question, but them telling you how much of a god you are and <laughs> and uh, how, how much of an impact you have on the business and how much and how much they love you. That's awesome. Thank you guys very much. Well, thank you. Enjoy your time there in Florida. Um, we maybe will do this one more time before Christmas ends. So uh, we'd love to see you again next week. And uh, enjoy your bike ride. Take care. And we hope that we got some of those pesky NWO questions off the board for you so you don't have to deal with it. So You you're... did, by the way. On next week's show, I'm going to give you all the behind-the-scenes dirt, the backstage dirt on the Conrad Thompson Christmas party. Yes. Ah, Absolutely. Can't wait for that. Take your notepad along, Eric. Thank you so much. Enjoy hey, the I'm party. I'm taking a movie camera. Get a notepad. <laughs> and you can find that footage right here on the 83 Weeks channel. Subscribe. And go. we'll see you next week, Eric. Thank you so much. Good luck. Bye. Oh, man, to be a fly on that wall, guys. I can't uh, help but notice that we didn't score an invite to that holiday party. I am assuming mine, mine specifically was lost in the mail. <laughs> I'm assuming that I'm just too freaking nosy for anybody to want me at any I, of those kinds I, of things. I, I got the invite. Oh. I just can't make it. But oh. Whatever. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Good one, in, <laughs> good one, Encyclopedia. Uh, well, as per usual, Eric Dishon, all the dirt. If you tuned in halfway there, we definitely covered the NWO's Hall of Fame induction and lots of other stuff. Thank you guys all for your awesome questions. We have been building our live audience for the last several weeks since we started going live, and it is so much fun to hang out with all of you guys and get your thoughts too. So make sure you come back next Wednesday live at 5 p.m. Pacific on the 83 Weeks channel where Eric will be back answering your questions. So get those in mind. And guys, if they want to keep up with you throughout the week, how can they do that? Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I am at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F. M-A-N-N, I do a lot of stuff in the pro wrestling YouTube world. If I'm tweeting the link, chances are I'm involved. And you can follow me at G-Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, on AfterBuzz TV, the wrestling channel. We'll be covering TLC 2019 live this Sunday night at 10 p.m. If you guys want to join in on the chat, let us know your thoughts about the TLC pay-per-view. That's awesome. And you guys can hit me up anytime with your thoughts on this show, Eric's show, anything else, at Christy Reports. And please also subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're a reality TV fan. That's Christy Reports. And we will see you all back here next week with Eric and uh, all of you. Thank you so much. Take care. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 